0: Before we uh, get into the message, I just want to say again, I'm proud of the ladies who are graduating today, to Taylor and Caitlin both, and all the hard work that they've put in, and as I was worshiping, God brought to my mind uh, a verse, I'll try not to preach two sermons, just a, a short devotion, or a word of encouragement to you ladies, i uh, um, Proverbs eight seventeen is a verse I learned many years ago. And the verse simply says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. And I always attributed that in the early days, of course, to God. Those who love God, He will love. And those who seek God are going to find God. In Romans 8, it's specifically, and of course it is God, but it's an attribute to wisdom calling out. And all wisdom is, guys, is the application of spiritual knowledge. It's taking the truth that God provides and it is building your life upon that truth. It's actually doing what it says. That's what it's about. And and I just want to say a, a brief word of encouragement to you. If you will build your life on wisdom, if you will hear the call of wisdom and God's truth and say, that, that's what I want to build my life upon. Something that is solid and is lasting. Well, the only thing, and that is God. That is his, his Word, His truth. And so as wisdom calls out and says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me, I guess my challenge is, will you be the one that seeks Him? Will you be the one who hears the call? Okay, that being said, Thank you, ladies. We love you. Well, we're in Revelation 13. No surprise as we continue on in our series of portraits of the Antichrist. And we've been focused upon that leader, the Antichrist, who derives his power from the red dragon. We're looking at verses 5 through 10 this morning. Entitled this message, United Under Deception, as we are going to look at the scripture. As it will teach us that this king, this tyrant, this leader will come to seize control. But we know that he will not be the ultimate control. Praise be to God. But Turn with me to Revelation 13. And when you find that text, if you will stand in our God's honor. As I read verses 5 through 10 aloud. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with the sword he will be killed This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Let's pray. Oh, Father, as always, we cry aloud to you, the living God. Father, we are gathered here, but we are merely an audience who wants to see you. You are the one, Father, that we hunger for, that we thirst for, that we want to see and Father, I pray as your servant, Lord, that, Father, empower me not to ramble on. Help me to be able to uh, speak where, Father, people can hear from you. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit might be free to continue to lead us into the presence of you, God. Father, thank you for the service we've had thus far and how we've been led to Jesus. And I just want that to continue. So, guide us, Lord. We need you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Years ago, Benjamin Franklin wrote, Man will ultimately be governed by God or by tyrants. And as you look through history, there have been a number of tyrants. Leaders who want to seize control of people's lives. And not only of the little land they may rule but of the whole world napoleon in his quest to conquer the whole world had given his son the nickname king of rome with the idea of being that world ruler who would achieve that ultimate conquest i guess there's been within the heart of man a desire for all peoples to be united and for someone to lead them goes back even to genesis chapter 11 remember the tower of babel they were building this great tower and they were working together and this tower to go into the heavens and of course in this quest to be united there would be no ultimate room for god and there's still that spirit That exists and has existed even from that time. And and as we've reviewed in in, uh, Revelation chapter 13. About the Antichrist in verse 1. We see the reference to the ten kingdoms. Of which he will rule. In verse 2 we see that he will be given power over those kingdoms. And be the leader. And that that power will come from the red dragon. Who is none other than Satan himself. The great arch enemy. In verse 3 we've learned that he will be assassinated. And then he will be resurrected. And that many will follow this counterfeit Messiah. This one who claims to be the Messiah. But he's not. It, It tells us in the text that the whole world was amazed. And that they followed after the beast that there will be this new world order that will be created and that will ultimately be in charge. Since World War I, Europe and the civilized nations have sought to be unified, to come together for the good of mankind. President Woodrow Wilson called this the new world order. And since then, nearly every Western leader has talked about bringing together the countries of the world. Winston Churchill, some 70 years ago, said these words, The purpose of the new world order is to bring the world into a one world government. Through the years, we have heard key words that have spoke about this coming new world order. Years ago, it was called the common market. The United Nations spoke about a world bank, a world health organization, an international criminal court, an international court of justice. In recent years, the United Nations have spoke about a world constitution, a world currency, a world income tax, a world military force, a global identification number, a global ethic, which is a code for a future one world religion. All these types of phrases are catchphrases of a one world agenda, which is to come. Now, I'm not trying to say that all this is evil and that there are no good benefits that come from working together with other nations and globally. I I listened last year to a TED talk I I thought was amazing uh, about a guy who was in Mexico, whose aunt died from cancer and she showed no signs of being ill. And by the time it was detected, she was in the late stages of cancer. There was no help. And so he and a group of other people from South America came together with their skills and their passion to create a test to be able to detect cancer in the early stages it costs about 50 bucks. And you're able to use your cell phone, amazingly enough. You go into the doctor's office, they're able to take a blood sample, and, and they, um, there's a program that's hooked to your cell phone and a process that takes about an hour, and they're able to detect, I think at this point, just a half dozen types of cancer. But it, it's amazing because what had happened is it was open source. So all over the world, they actually used people with their gifts to come together and to create this new technology with the idea where people who live in poverty would be able to detect cancer in the early stages. There are great benefits that come when people work together. And as we talk about the new world order, and we talk about uh, how globally we're able to re- These benefits. We don't know the exact moment. When this new world order. Where the antichrist is going to rise to power. Will occur. But what we do know. Is that there are steps that have been taken. Like mortars uh, for the bricks. That will be laid for this new economic, political, governmental system where this one man will rise to power to rule the world. In this political, economic, and religious unified government, which will be one nation under the Antichrist. One nation under the beast. As we look at our outline, first, there is the Antichrist global defiance. Look at verse 5. It says, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and bless blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. As one commentator said, he was given a big mouth from which poured forth blasphemies. The first part of verse 5, we notice it says, the beast was given a mouth. In the second part of verse Five, we're told that he's given blasphemies to exercise his authorities. In verse 7 we read that the beast was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, every people, every language, every nation. So He was given the ability to blaspheme, the ability to lead, the ability to persecute, the ability to rule. And of course, as we superficially look at this power, we say, well, that comes from the red dragon. That comes from the devil. That comes from Satan, this one who is in opposition to God and to God's people. But even Satan himself is not above God, is not under the rule of God. So these gifts that the Antichrist is able to manifest, is able to display, they ultimately come from God Himself. And yet, what does He do? He blasphemes God. These four givens are are passive verb forms that tell us that although Satan is the one leading the Antichrist, that the actual gifts, the actual source of blessings or power It's from God Himself. He is the ultimate source. And yet, how did he respond? He cursed God. He blasphemed God. His desire was to destroy God's rule and God's people. When does it occur? It's the tribulation that's divided into two three and a half year periods. The first half of the tribulations, relatively peaceful As he brings in a false peace and a false security. As he is seen as this incredible leader who brings healing. But the second half of that seven year period. About the time that he will be assassinated and then resurrected. And as he will take complete rule. He's going to take off that facade Of a loving, peaceful ruler. And he's going to show forth his true character as he moves forward. This true character means he will wage open war against God. And against the knowledge of God and the name of God. And the very people of God as he will be Satan's mouthpiece. Who is voicing his frustration In a rage against God. Why? Because Satan is the master of the world who has been mastered. By the master of all. God himself. He will be Satan's puppet as he is in this grand place. That's his defiance. Secondly, not only is there a defiance, a global dominance begins which we read about there in verse 7. As he's given this power. To make war against the saints. And to conquer them. And an authority. That is against every tribe. Every language. And against every people. And that dominance will continue. As a result of that dominance. The Antichrist becomes the believer's final persecutor. As he makes open war as he strikes out, not in a military campaign, but to harass and to persecute and to martyr God's people. It is a reference here that is revealed in a couple of chapters earlier in Revelation chapter six, as we read about God's Saints as as they share and, and there's this cry out how long how long will this occur in Revelation six eleven how how long will will we face this struggle notices the text says uh, that you're to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. <laughs> And until this ultimate time of suffering is completed and God's prophecies are fulfilled. Christians will be hated by the Antichrist as he seeks to want to wipe them out in these 42 months that are left. It, he might be on the loose, but he's on a leash. And at the end of those 42 months, <laughs> the leash will bring him to his end Of that persecution. Now the Antichrist will be passionate. In his word. I guess it just brings us back to all of us. Are, Are we passionate about our Savior? Are we passionate about our God? He was passionate to defy God. What about us? Are we passionate to obey God? He was passionate to blaspheme God. Are we passionate to praise God? You see, when we come and when we sing these hymns and and we sing these worship songs, it's not to one another, although some songs deal with how we worship together, but the one we worship is where the praise is to go. It's not merely words that are uttered, it's the heart. That lifts up praises to our God. Um, he will corrupt others. But God wants to convert others. To transform them by the gospel and his power. Um, he wants to dishonor Christ. It, but our heart is to honor Christ. With our lips and with our lives. The Antichrist. He becomes that believer's final persecutor. But secondly, the Antichrist becomes the unbeliever's final Ruler, He will succeed in what every other ruler only dreamed about. Total world domination. We are moving to that day where he will be viewed as the one who is the answer to all of the world's problems. In 1957, uh, the Treaty of Rome was enacted. A, um, A European Union was created as a result of that. In 1973, the European Economic Community... Was formed. In 2002. The euro currency was officially issued. Which now is a monetary currency. Used between the members of those 28 nations. In Europe. Today over 500 million people. Are represented by these 28 member nations. Who swear allegiance. To a parliament. A president. Armed forces. Trade agreements. Courts of law. And a constitution. That gives a picture of a coming world order that for now is a dream for many, but it will ultimately become a nightmare as the Antichrist takes his place of leadership. Let's look at verse 9 in our text of Revelation 13. It reads, He who has an ear, let him hear. For those of you who have read through the book of Revelation, this phrase is Probably familiar to you. As it says. He who has an ear let him hear. But this is the only time this phrase is uttered in scripture. Where it is not. Finished with a phrase. What the spirit says to the churches. You see in the other places where it says he who has an ear to hear. It says. Listen to what the Spirit of God says to the churches. Here it doesn't say that. Here it says, he who has an ear, let him hear. Why does it not give emphasis to the church? Because the church is gone. The church has been taken up. As it talks about in 1 Thessalonians, we will meet him in the sky. As we will rise into his presence. As we will see our Lord. And that, that's that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about, listen but unfortunately this is for those who miss the call who were not saved they were as you know that those books and the movies they were left behind and they need a word of comfort they need a word of hope and that's the word that is here that's left for them that god will be there to bring comfort <laughs> look at verse In the scriptures in verse 8. He says all the inhabitants of the earth. Will worship the beast. All those whose names have not been written in the book. I'm going to stop there. I'll get to the rest of the verse. There have been some that bring emphasis. They come to the book of Exodus. um, Exodus 32. 33. Where God is speaking to Moses. And. He says that the one who sins against me, I'm going to blot out of my book. And so there have been those that have given reference to. They say, hey, he's talking about the book of life. And those who sin, they're, 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 there's no hope. They're pushed away from God. And there's not, no life that comes after the grave. But the picture there for the early readers. As they would read about this book being blotted out of the book, it was more a record of all of the people, those who were still living at that time, those who had died, but it was a record of all those people. It was a registration, dare say, but I want you to notice here it 's not talking about that book of registration of those who were living at that time and those who had moved on to death. Notice here in verse eight. It says, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. You see, this book of life is not just a registry of those living and those who had already went through the door of death. This book belongs to the Lamb of God. Before the foundation of the world. He he died. He he crucified. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the hope. He's talking about why we meet on Sunday instead of Saturday. You see, they met on Saturday because it was the day of rest. We meet on Sunday because He's alive. He's risen. It's the ultimate hope that we share, church. It's, It's the book of life that belongs to the Lamb. Of God. And that makes all the difference. I love it in 1 John 5.13. It says you may know you have eternal life. <laughs> How? By being one who believes on the name. Of the son of God. <sighs> if you believe on the son of God. You have life. That is ever. Lasting. Think about it. The people of the earth will be looking for salvation. They'll be looking for that ultimate leader. They'll be looking for the one who can bring calm, although it's been a constant storm. And the irony of it is, they search for one who is false, who is not a true Messiah, who they look to, but in reality, the ones who are persecuted, the ones who are blasphemed, They are the ones that find the ultimate world order in those of us who have placed our hope and our faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whose names are written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb. We're the ones that have the new world order (laughs) and the world that lasts forever. As we talk about the leader, the Antichrist, who will impress many, who many will follow, Let me tell you, there's one who has already been here. His name is Jesus. And he died for you. And he died for me. And he's coming back. And as I close, uh, we've talked a lot about the Antichrist, but I want to talk about the Christ. (laughs) Is your name in that book? Not the registry. About who's alive now and your ancestors who have since died. I'm talking about the book that belongs to the Lamb. Is your is your name there? Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the fact that you, Lord, are going to keep us safe. We've trusted in Jesus. We're safe. I love that John 10, 28, 29. This is And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Lord, that is so precious to know that when you keep us, we're kept. But father, maybe there's one here who has never bowed to Jesus who has never said, I need a new life. I need to be forgiven. I need my name in that book. I love that song written in red that says the very ink. Father, you used to write the names is in the blood of Jesus, Lord. Wow, what a thought. Master, uh, may we leave here with that concluded, that we have found life that is forever in Jesus, and forgiveness that's real, Lord. I don't want any of us to leave here and miss that, Lord. If, if you know, if you forget my name, big deal. Uh, but if you forget Jesus, it's the only deal that really matters. So as we experience this time we call response or invitation, as we stand to sing, Holy Spirit, do business in our hearts, and may we say yes to whatever your prompting may be, Lord. If it's to come to this altar and to pray, if it's to make a decision right where we are, fits to you know come up front and um to pray uh, with, with me and, and ultimately to share with your people what you're up to and, and the lives of people I just pray father we would just say yes to your call whatever that may be thank you lord once again that we could be here today In christ's name we pray